podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Nina Casa Show. It's a new season. A short pre-season, but we're back. Um, I thought we'd be back with a bang against a newly promoted Fulham, but here we are. Um, two to it finished. Um, <laughs> so much to talk about there. Um, guys, it's great to be back. Not the result that we wanted, but it is what it is. And joining me on this podcast, um, there's going to be plenty to talk about. I'm quite excited um, to have some familiar voices on the show. First up, let me introduce my first guest. I am delighted to be joined by Shri. Shri, welcome back. Hey, Nina. Good to be back. I know, I know. It's good to have you back. It's great, great to have you back. But, you know, um, ooh, wasn't the... Wasn't the result I wanted? And joining Shri on this podcast, uh, I have a an unveiling of a new signing of myself. I feel quite fancy. Um, joining us on this podcast, I'm really looking forward to hearing all his thoughts, his insights. It's an honour to introduce to the AI channel and the Nina Carter Show, Tom James. Welcome, Tom. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Oh, no, it's wonderful to have you on. It's great to have new voices, fresh insight, you know, fresh opinions. I'm really, really looking forward to everything that you have to offer onto this podcast. Right, guys, before I get to my first caller, I mean, we got to talk about this, right? We need, <laughs> we need to get it off. I mean, it was a bit of a slow start, but let's kick things off. Tom, I'm going to come to you first. I mean, what are your, like, you know, when you walk away, you have, like, a takeaway thought or a feeling. I mean, what, if you could just kind of summarise just how you feel after that game. I think the initial thought is one of a bit of worry, to be honest, because I think the the one thing that killed us last season was those dr- unnecessary draws, and it's it's happened again, and it kind of it strikes a bit of a familiarity from Brighton last season, Brentford last season, and yeah, there's just a bit of one too many common themes that I didn't want to see going into this season, but. Yeah, I guess it's opening day, isn't it? Well, I've had better opening days, but yes, there's uh, the overwhelming thought of, of a little bit worried. I I think that's justified, um, you know, considering, you know, you, you spoke about those draws and those were kind of quite costly. Like, well, they were costly last season. And, you know, the thing that I've been drumming on about every time I have been podcasting in this preseason has been, we need a quick start. We need a quick start because that was how we started when we won the league. And that was important. So I think it's completely justified. Um, I, I get it completely. And it is the first game. And obviously, there's so much football yet to play. But yeah, at the moment, that is a, a fair kind of... um emotion and feeling to be having. Shri, what about yourself? I think uh, one of the things I would say is it, uh, the only worrying thing is we didn't look ready at all. Uh, I don't know whether it's apt to say they didn't look fit. I don't know whether it was the early kick-off 
which hampered the heat which hampered i have no idea because last week we weren't very good but we were nowhere close to being this bad and uh, that is the very some so the players these players have done it before we know it but uh, some players got shown up terribly bad today i think it just it just feels that we are not ready now at this point of time yeah it's really really interesting because obviously before the game marco silva said that he his team his fulham side was not ready for liverpool um you you spot on it i felt like that as well i felt like we were quite quite slow at the races today and you know you have to give them full credit and we'll get to that as as we talk about the game but yeah i think you both make sound points i feel the same as well you know i don't like you know you want to get three points certainly against a new promoted side and you know like when i think back to obviously that 3-3 game against Watford and it was Marco Silva's side as well so it's kind of like Ugh. but anyway enough about that um uh, Let's go to our first caller. It's a familiar voice on the Nina Kaza show. We can't keep things off without having a bit of some kind of normality. It is a, it's great to invite on Kieran Reid. Kieran, welcome back. Thank you very much. No, no, no. It's a pleasure to be speaking with you again and to, you know, kick off the new season and the new show. So, you know, you know the drill. You know how it goes. The floor's yours. Take it away. Well, I thought um, it was... Uh... A very, very poor performance. I think, um, I thought, uh, in fact, it was probably one of the worst performances I'd seen in quite a while. Probably, I think, in the calendar year of 2022, even being brutally honest, I didn't think it was a good performance at all. Um, first half was shocking, but then I thought once we met the substitutions in the second half, I thought that helped us a bit. Um, and uh, I thought we were a lot better, but overall, it was just not very much to take out of this game, really, apart from Darwin looking very good. And, you know, um, that's all there was to say, really. It was not much, not, not anything good to say, really. That's really sad, isn't it, when you think about the new season, the new players that we kind of bought in as well, and, you know, the kind of season that we had last season as well, you know, with, with you know, us challenging for the quadruple no, Kieran. Mm-hmm. I, I think you know. I, th- I think those are those are fair fair remarks. I mean, for you, I mean, obviously, I, th- I think they they're absolutely fair points, and I'm going to now discuss them with the panel. I mean, so thank you so much for calling. So I'm going to come to Shree first. Pleasure, thank you. No, no, no. It's it's an honour having you on the show. Thank you, Kieran. Um, I think, Sheree, I'll come to you first. I think Kieran kind of summarised things pretty well there. I mean, let's kind of talk about, you know, we've got to start from the beginning. So, team lineup. What did you make of um, uh, Klopp's uh, decision to kind of field out the team that he did, um, given the injuries, given everything? Um, uh, were you happy with, were you happy, were you happy with the starting eleven? Was I happy? No. But did I expect that? Yes. I was 100% sure Bobby was going to start. So I'm not going to get into the right or wrong. A lot of people want different, different things. But we also know what Klopp is thinking and what Klopp would do. So it's uh, it's imperative that we try to figure out what Klopp is doing and why he's doing it. So for can me... You, can you just help me a minute? Was this the starting lineup against Man City of the weekend because sometimes I forget certain names and players. I was would that... think yes, if yeah, I remember, yeah. yes, yeah. it's the same. Oh, lineup. Adrian, it's the same. Yeah, oh, only yeah, the keeper yeah. was different, yeah. but otherwise yeah. it's it's the same lineup. And you at that point when he played that lineup at that point of time, I was sure that this was going to be the eleven which was going to start. So whether Bobby looks clearly off the pace, but I have no idea 
uh, what he gives i don't know with this midfield whether he wanted bobby dropping deeper as a cover i have no idea i have no reasons to understand why he did it but that, as i said it's predictable to know that this was the lineup he's going to come up with and uh, not good enough that's what i would say no, I think that's fair. And I think you're absolutely spot on with Bobby as well. I, I don't think he was at it today. And maybe it was, like you said, drop deep and help out in the midfield. What about you with the starting lineup? Happy? Are you on the same sort of page as Shri there thinking, well, if, you know, the Community Shield was kind of like, I don't know, the dress rehearsal for the opening game of the season in terms of what players he's going to field? Um, like to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, I think I'm on the same page as Shri. To be honest. I think, is it the team I would have picked? No. Is it the team I expected? Probably, yeah. Um, I, th- I do think there's an opportunity missed there with Tim Ream at the back. I think everyone kind of spoke about it. If, if Darwin had the opportunity to start, what, what trouble he could have caused. And I think we saw that, obviously, in his 45 minutes or so where he played. Um, yeah, I, I, it, at the end of the day, it's, it's Fulham. It, regardless of whether... Henderson starting in midfield, Naby Keita starting in midfield, Harvey Elliott starting, whether it's Bobby up front, whether it's Darwin up front, we should be playing better and we should be getting three points. I mean, when, when it comes down to the opening day of the season, I, I'm not really bothered about the performance. When you, it's probably not right to expect too much. I, I mean, I probably did expect a little bit more after the game against City last week, but I think with the short pre-season and on the opening day, all you really want is three points and the performance is almost secondary. So it's, it is disappointing. No, I, I think that's fair. And Tom, I'm going to stick to you because again, Kieran kind of mentioned like the first half and, you know, he kind of highlighted it as being like one of the, you know, one of the worst halves of football that he saw. And, you know, you kind of saw what Fulham did and, you know, like they were like really aggressive, you know, they didn't let us settle. Uh, we weren't winning the first ball. The second balls were really, really sloppy. There was absolutely, I think there was a massive portion of the game. I think the first 10 minutes where, you know, the ball was pretty much in our half. We didn't even break out. We didn't really do an awful lot. I, I just felt like um we looked very frustrated. We looked very like, I don't know. I felt like Fulham kind of contained us really, really well. Yeah, absolutely. I think the... the I think with Fulham, obviously they've got they've got so much to prove coming into this new season. The, you think of the eleven players that are out there; they've all got the chip on their shoulder of wanting to come up and to stay up. And obviously, there's been a lot of talk in the last week or so, building up to the start of the season, that Fulham's squad isn't ready and where like where they need to be. And you can only imagine that kind of gets in the psyche of the players that they do have available, thinking that someone's probably like coming to come in to, to take their place. They probably want to go out there and prove themselves. So I, I did expect them to come out the traps quick, but I think there was a, you know, that 10 or 15 minute, minute period at the beginning, they were definitely at it a lot more than we were. And the intensity levels were so much higher, but I figured after 15 minutes, they, they, they seemed to drop off a little bit. I don't know if that was part of the game plan or if maybe they're just, you know, they waste a lot of that energy early on. But I felt like that was the opportunity for us to maybe weather the storm and then pick our intensity up as they dropped theirs and then really start to, to take the game to them. But we didn't. We kind of just lulled through and stayed at the same low intensity and then it allowed them to get back, get a breather and almost catch a second win for the first half. And then they started to pile on the pressure again. And it was, yeah, it was an, again, a nervy end to the half. So, yeah, I mean, like Kieran said, it wasn't, definitely wasn't up there with the best first half performances I've seen from us. 
Yeah, absolutely. I'll just read some quick reactions on Discord. Anyone that's listening that isn't on Discord, we are on Discord, so do join the community. It's really fun. It's really interactive. Um, you know, Adam Precicioni there, Club has a lot to answer for today. Nigel, as we're talking, you know, we have a lot of commentary going on in the live chat. The first half, we didn't put any pressure on them like we did against City. Uh, agreed. Um, Kieran there again responding, saying, yeah, I think against Palace, he's most definitely going to um, go with um, uh, Nunes over Bobby. Shri, I'm going to come to you. I want to get your thoughts on the first half because... I think Tom hit the nail on the head there where there was a little bit of, you know, pressure being taken up by Fulham and that's where maybe we need to kind of put some impact in. And I think around about 20 minutes, that's where I saw that. But I just felt like everything was a bit too slow and we weren't moving quick enough. There wasn't that intensity. So I want to get your thoughts on that. What did you make of the first half just in general? I think if I want to summarise the first half, the best bit about it was the half-time visit. It was so bad that... Uh... It was we couldn't just even pass the ball. So first ten minutes we couldn't string two passes together. We were nowhere. We were all over the shop. There was no organization, and uh, it's tough to talk tactics or setup when you can't pass the ball. And we couldn't keep the ball at all. And, uh, the whole thing is our build-up is all about patience and all. And for a patient build-up, you need to control the ball. We just couldn't control the ball at all and it was a recurring theme. So we improved after 15 minutes because we actually realized we could pass the ball. But after that, again, there were periods of ebbs and flows where we controlled the game. Then we again started just randomly giving the ball away. So I think really shoddy performance. It's like Villarreal first half, you could say, but 10 times worse. Ouch, ouch. Okay, well, uh, Tom James, uh, whilst he's podcasting, he's also contributing to the live chat. He's put in um, a tweet from Neil Jones, um, a club to BT Sport. Obviously, we come straight on, so we don't really hear the post-match stuff. The best thing about the game is the result. We got a point for a really bad game um, by my side. A fair play, at least he owned it. You know, um, I, you know that's good, that's good for him to kind of say that. I mean, Tom, I'm going to come back to you. Um, uh, I thought, again, like in the first half, one thing I kind of noticed was, um, uh, you know, Shri said this as well, like, you know, there was like, uh, there was errors throughout the whole team and like the whole pitch. And one thing I kind of noticed as well, like they were certainly in the first portion of the first half, they were sort of targeting the right area of ours. Um, I felt like a lot of runs were coming down that end. I felt like a lot of crosses were trying to come down that end. I felt like that's where they were trying to kind of exploit our vulnerability. I felt like, you know, obviously it was just, like that was their sort of go to play, if you will. Yeah, yeah. I think I, to be honest with you, I think kind of starting with my with my first point that there's like a common theme from the from last season when we dropped points. I think it aligns with today as well, where that right side of the pitch were was really stretched, really disjointed. I think. I, not to spark the debate, but I think the captain was poor today, and I think that his contribution that right, right, right hand side there is kind of just the same old story. And um, they they must have done their homework. They must have done their homework. Look back at those games where we dropped points last season and seen where they can get us. And I think that's a, a glaring, glaring opportunity when you're playing Liverpool is to attack our right hand side and utilize that space that's that's left there and uh yeah they did that and they did it really well i mean you have to give flowers to fulham they they played out their skin and they utilized their game plan to to perfection really 
yeah, they did. And, you know, you, you kind of highlighted, you know, one of the things that wasn't quite working. And Shvi, I'm going to come to you because I thought that the midfield looked a bit so-and-so. And, -so. and uh, I guess we've got to talk about the captain um, uh, in, in, in general. Um, uh, again, it's, it's not a slight on him as an overall player. Just in this game, I didn't think he was overly great. Um, obviously, um, he did get challenged and obviously that's where we kind of conceded the goal as well. But I felt like there was a lot of like, he, there was no control from his part in, in the midfield. I felt like, um, we looked very, very, um, kind of, there was like a lack of maturity. Um, he, there was just no command, no presence. I want to get your thoughts on that. I, I think uh, the whole midfield was really bad. I would say all three of them, Thiago was really poor till the time he played. Fabinho was nowhere in the game. You could easily argue Fabinho could have been better if the two in front of him played better, but even Fabinho wasn't great. I think all three of them suffered. And with Hendo, you do know Nina. He's my absolute favourite player. I <laughs> I know I'll be slaughtered, but he is. That's, that's what it is. But it's, it's a problem. We know he will struggle as an eight when he's closed down. In small spaces, he does struggle. So, after the 10, first 10-15 10, minutes was enough time for us to react, but with Klopp, we have seen he doesn't react. I don't know about Fabinho, why he got withdrawn, whether it's an injury or a tactical change, I don't know. Because it, it, we look far more comfortable with Hendo playing as 6, because he didn't need to deal with being closed down or being too forced to play in smaller spaces. So, we know the issues, we didn't react, and I think the problem is we have... We have not been punished before. We have because we have figured out ways because others have stepped up. But today we just got showed up because nobody else also turned up today. I think that is the problem. So was Hendo exceedingly bad? Maybe yes, but there were so many others who were bad as well. So he just got showed up. We we got in knowing a weakness. We didn't do anything to react to that, and nobody else stepped up as well to say shield him or say. For him to be protected, whether he whether he should be put in a position where he needs to be protected is a totally different argument. For me, he he's ideally a six as a six better. I wouldn't play him as an eight at all. But mm -hmm. considering we played him as an eight, we should have reacted to the first 10-15 minutes better. Uh, and we we were far more better when he went into six. Not that the midfield showed up, but with Elliot playing, we look far more better. Milner, Milner looked far more better. Milner came in and I, I thought was very good for compared to what people in general expected of Milner. I think he was far more, he showed intent, he, he, he won the second ball, he was always in the play. So I think the whole midfield I could say was pedestrian, so I wouldn't look to pick anyone out today. I think that's fair. Um, uh, yeah, there wasn't an awful lot of space. Um, Shri, I'm going to come to you. I mean, I'll stick with you. I mean... I think the goal was coming. We had a few uh, warning shots and, of course, Mitrovic goal, a header, beats, beats Trent. I mean, what what did you make of that in terms of, like, just um, uh, your, your overall thoughts, the defending? Um, uh, there were so many glaring errors. Um, talk to me about just that goal and, um, yeah, and how you felt. <laughs> yeah, so this is not the first time we have seen, right, Trent getting caught out at the back post. Uh, he's usually... He's usually in front of the defender. He's not making the run. So he's usually caught. Could he have jumped? Yes, definitely he could have. Would it have prevented the goal? I'm not sure. But I would say if he had jumped, there was a better chance that the goal would have been prevented rather than him not jumping. And on second thoughts, I'm thinking 
I don't know because the way Mitrovic was jumping with leaning onto uh, Trent, maybe I don't know with this ref. I couldn't be sure, but maybe there's a chance he gets a foul as well because of uh, say Mitrovic trying to climb on Trent. That could have been an occurrence. So I would say could we could have definitely defended better, but I'm not saying that if he had jumped, the goal would have been saved. I think it's poor defending overall, but it's not surprising because we have seen this before with Trent on the back post. And um, Tom, uh, your your thoughts on on the goal? I mean, I think we kind of all. I don't know if it's revisionism is a, is a is is a wonderful thing, isn't it? Hindsight, but I looking back now, I whilst I was watching the game, I felt that goal coming, and I still I still hold that opinion. Like you know, like we deserve that. We deserve to go behind because we were bad. Controversial yeah. thing to say, I know, on a Liverpool pod, but yeah, we were bad. <laughs> yeah, we we deserve to go behind. Um... And you're right. I think it was get, starting to get to a point. I, there was there was a point early on where I felt that I was, it was mixed feelings. Where I did think feel like a goal was potentially coming, but then also another part of me that you know we've been here before and I've seen our defence be resilient and really hold out. Um, but yeah, when, I wasn't surprised when they went one 0 up. It wasn't it wasn't a shock. And yeah, as far as I mean, as far as Trent's perspective, yeah, I think. From one perspective, there's probably not many players. It's this more difficult to play and um, to play against in the air than Mitrovic. But on the other hand, I, I felt like I felt like Trent maybe went into that challenge almost pre-defeated, not expecting to win anything. Because I think Shri was right; he could have jumped, he could have made some sort of fight for it, but he looked to go into it maybe just looking to maybe just do enough to put Mitrovic off, which. A player like Mitrovic, you're not going to. He's going 100% all the time and you're not going to put him off. Um, and I think yeah, it was just a sloppy goal all over. I think if you reverse it, engineer it back, it, it goes all the way down to Pendo doing, which he did a few times where in a position where I'm not sure what to do with the ball, just tried to clip it over the top and failed. And yeah, we saw that a few times. But um, yeah, like I say, it was, um, it was coming and it wasn't a shock to see it go in the back of the net. No, it wasn't. And Tom, I'm going to stick with you because one thing that kind of really frustrated me in the first half as well was the fact that we didn't even test their goalkeeper. Like, there wasn't an awful lot of testing. I know after the goal, um, and again, you watch so much Liverpool, you're like, well, maybe that goal will wake them up, you know. And normally you do get a response from Liverpool when that goal does go in. And of course, there were, like, I thought from the front three, I thought, you know, Salah in the first half was um, probably having a more quieter game than what he usually does, which is, you know, not really what you expect from Osla, but obviously it was one of those games, certainly in the first half. But for me, uh, and we've we've touched on Bobby Firmino, who was pretty much, um, in my opinion, um, not his best. I think the only contribution that I actually have of Bobby was, um, of course, um, you know, the whole build-up play to the Robo offside goal. But I thought Diaz, after the goal, um, after we conceded, I thought, you know, throughout the first half, he looked like the lively from the front three, in my opinion. Yeah, definitely. I think um, I think that's one thing you can never take away from Diaz is that he's always going to do his best to drag us through a situation. Or you know, he's not the type to his head for his head to go down after one or two things not paying off. He's going to just keep going and going and going. So, yeah, I think I think you're right with with Bobby. I think yeah, it was. I mean, the midfield was disjointed. The front line was disjointed, and I think with our front line, it's always the case if Bobby, Bobby's off his game then the whole front line doesn't really function all that well 
because if Bobby's if Bobby's on and he's playing well, then the, the the whole game plan works, and the whole front three just ticks, regardless of how Salah's playing, how Diaz is playing, how Marnie was playing. If Bobby's playing well, it's some it ticks, but it, it's really it's really difficult to get it going when Bobby's not on on his game. And today was was a really really um, sloppy performance, and it just, just nothing seemed to play, come off for him. And um, yeah, I think as far as chances and whatnot in the first half, obviously um, we had the Diaz disallowed goal, which I think Bobby, to be fair, as, although he contributed, I think he might have been at fault because he took a touch and maybe took too long to play Rob, uh, Bob, um, Robbo in. Yes. If we had played that maybe first time or quick, quicker, we, we may have um, had a better opportunity. But other than that, and then obviously Diaz worked his shot that hit the post, which was a good, good attempt, which... To be honest, was was about it. I think I can't I can't recall anything else, any other shots. But yeah, I think we do struggle with that from maybe from a midfield perspective as well. I think that was something I would have liked to have seen going into the season is to either get a midfielder or work a, a new pattern of play where if the front three isn't getting the opportunities to take a shot, we're working the midfielders into an opportunity, or maybe even Trent on the inside an opportunity to maybe have a have a shot from twenty five yards, give the keeper something to think about because. Rodak's not a great keeper. He's a championship, yeah. and he did okay for him last season. But he's not someone who, you know, you want. You should be fearing taking shots from 20, 30, 20, 30 yards from. So, yeah, it's frustrating from from a lot of aspects going forward. No, I I think that's fair. And you know, what one thing about Bobby is the fact that you know he's a bit of a pressing machine. He likes to win the ball back. He likes to do all that. He's like your first line of defense, but. When you've got such tight spaces where you don't have players who are in the right positions, you're not getting your first ball, you certainly are going to get your second. It was not his kind of game in that regard, which was, yeah, um, I, I hope he get he finds himself again because obviously we, we do like Bobby doing well. Uh, Shri, I'm going to come to you. What did you make of the front three performance in, in the first half? And, uh, you know, you're, uh, for me personally, I thought the only one that could potentially make something happen in those moments was probably um, Diaz. When I was watching back, when I was watching and looking back as well, he was probably the only one that looked like he was on it. Yeah, I, I think that's fair to say. We we are basically depending on his individual capability to create something out of nothing because that was the honest truth. There was literally nothing in the game to be looking forward to in that first stuff. There was no cohesion. There was no execution. As I said, we couldn't pass the ball. We can't even talk anything like oh, yeah. would they have done different moves and. Basic passing was not even on today. They just didn't look to be in the game at all. So I think we were just hoping for some miracle from Diaz in terms of his individual brilliance. But there's only so much even he can do. So I think uh, it's a bit worrying that first half of the first game of the season, we are depending on individual brilliance. We have not sorted things out. uh, These are the same players who have done it. That's, That's the puzzling bit. It's not like we've... It's not like we are like Nottingham Forest. We have got twelve new players come, bought twelve new players who we need to integrate. Most of the eleven have like played together for quite a while now, so there's no reason they weren't ready. Which is the puzzling bit: uh, how that we look so off the pace. It was not like a ten percent drop off. We are basically like a seventy, eighty percent drop off. That's the and that's the most puzzling and that's the big takeaway for me. Like, how are we so bad? It's like even if. They tried to play bad. I don't think they would have been this bad, and that's the puzzling thing. Yeah, and we're we're long gone from those days of individual brilliance. You know, like everything was kind of it's a team worked goal. It's a team effort. So yeah, I I I agree. I was very very puzzled in that first half. Let's 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 just 
all agree that that was not a very, very good half of football. Uh, you know, the first game of the season, you don't want to see that. It was awful. Let's move on to um, the second half. Um, uh, Tom, I'll come to you. Uh, of course, um, no changes by Klopp, but um, uh, at 49 minutes, forced to make a change. Um, uh, Thiago, we do not like to see this because, you know, keep him fit. I know he wasn't at the game today. Um, he wasn't having his best game, but usually that is the guy that you need, that, you know, the intelligence that he has, but he was off injured. Elliot comes on in his place and the expected change that we kind of were hoping and it did happen, Nunes came on for Bobby Firmino. Your thoughts on those club subs and um, uh, I've not had any updates on, on Thiago, but it looked like he pulled something. I, I hope it's not a long-winded injury because, my word, we can't have that. No, we cannot. I think uh, the last thing that we needed was midfield issues. Um, yeah, it looked like he was kind of gripping the, the top of his hamstring, which is not good news. Hopefully, it was just like a little twinge and they took him off as a precaution being first game of the season. But, um, yeah, I mean, as far as the substitutions go, I don't know if maybe they were planning to bring Harvey on because I know that him and Nunes were getting getting prepared and they were, well, they were at least warming up just before the forced change was being made anyway. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Harvey... It's probably difficult because you don't want to have to rely on someone like Harvey Elliott to come on and change a game. That's probably not where what his position in the squad should be at this point in his career. You want to be giving him minutes where he can come in and and flourish when we're playing nice flowing football. Um, obviously, it's it's good to see him out on the right hand side where I think him and Mo Trent have a really seem to have a really natural connection and chemistry on the pitch. They're all just I think just general being talented footballers, good on the ball, I think that that works. And they all seem to have a really good chemistry on the right-hand side. But, um, yeah, to kind of rely on Harvey to come on and be the one to kind of help change the game and turn it around, it's it's tough. But, I mean, yeah, with Nunes, I think, like I said, I think I would have liked to see him start because just purely because of who we're playing and who the centre-backs were. I think we saw it even just in the 45 minutes, he gave him absolute hell because he's always trying to get in behind he's always trying to turn the shoulder he's he's just a menace to live with and I think yeah there was obviously a lot of great points to that and I think there'll be still some adjustment periods going on I think there was a few instances where obviously we the midfields tried to to play the ball into the pocket or just in front of the defense for him to kind of drop in to pick it up but he's turned away to make the run in behind and then the ball's gone in for an easy collection for either Reem or Tosin um, there'll be some adjustments there where he'll have to adapt and learn how to drop in sometimes and they'll learn to play with him and they'll know which kind of runs he'll be making and the fact that he's always trying to get in behind. And I'm sure just that transition and going from someone like Bobby to Darwin who kind of polar opposite in terms of their, their movement almost, um, yeah, they'll get used to that with time. And they, I mean, as bad as today was, there's, there's all, there was a couple of positives in the... He was certainly one of them. Absolutely, and we'll touch on that in in a mere moment. And Shri, I'm going to come to you. Club subs at 49 minutes. Um, would you agree with Tom there that it was probably pre-planned? If so, it's great to see Klopp making subs earlier on uh, and sort of changing up the game. Uh, what did you make of the Elgin Klopp subs? And uh, I still don't have any news on the Thiago update or injury, but it does not look good. Yeah, uh, so obviously Thiago injured means Elliot was coming. I w- 
just predicting how Klopp would think, I would actually think Nunes wasn't going to come on then. But you also need to remember that we have five subs, but you get only three slots to make it. So basically, if he wanted to bring in five minutes later, that's slot two gone. So I think he needed to bunch them in. Ideally, he would have maybe brought him in, say, around 55 minutes, maybe given him 10 minutes more. But I think the compulsion of using making the five subs over a three-slot period meant that he had to bunch up subs. Uh, that's why we... Uh, I think that is why I think Nunes came in before I then what I thought he would come in. But glad that it worked out for us eventually. It's it's what I would call organized chaos when Nunes plays. It's It's... It's something so new to people like us who've been watching the ball being passed from one side to other, keeping control, discipline. It's just chaos and it's lovely to see. It is absolutely wonderful to see. And I kind of tweeted that, oh, I'm going to have lots of fun watching Nunes. So, you know what, Tom, I'm going to come to you and we'll talk about, before the goal happened, of course, there was another sub, a yoga club makes another sub, Fab off Milner on. I was actually a bit bamboozled by this one because I thought, Oh, I thought, because obviously Hendel had um, had a few moments there um, uh, prior. I think Nunes at one point lost the ball and he was like screaming his lungs out at Nunes, you know, the new guy, which is fine. He did make a massive error and they did go off on the counter. Luckily, um, poor judgment from uh, the Fulham attackers. But, you know, um, prior to that, I saw Hendel making, you know, give, a bo- give the ball away in dangerous areas a few times. And, uh, you know, of course, the, the sub happens. Fab comes off. Milner comes on. Um, I was like, okay, it's a bit interesting. But, you know, the, the commentary on my side on BT Sports was saying, like, Liverpool need maturity. <laughs> There's a lack of experience. And I was like, okay, Endo's on the Endo's on the pitch. But, yeah, Milner comes on. Um, I was a bit shocked to see the player that was coming off. Um, I thought it would have been Hendo. Um, but Milner did really well. But your thoughts on that sub? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I, it's funny you say about the BT the commentary because I, I was laughing at that as well. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I exactly. I felt exactly. The same it's also time. worth noting we were everywhere at that point, weren't we? Still, yeah. even though we were still very erratic, Fulham started how they finished the first half. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think um, I probably had the same kind of sort uh, thought process as you, where I saw Milner and thought. <sighs> Obviously, Milner's my, not, not, he's not my favourite player, but you, you respect what he does. But when I saw him, I thought, OK, like, at least they're kind of making a change and they're getting Hendo off because he's, he's given the, the ball away a few times. But, and then when I saw Fab's number go up, I, I, I couldn't wrap my, my head around it. I just, I, I couldn't wrap my head around that. And um, to be fair, I think we did get more of a foothold in the game at that point, but I'm not sure yes. if that was to do with the changes or whether the fact that they had gone, uh, whether it was just, just Fulham dropping off and the way that they started to approach the game, I wasn't sure, because obviously they went ahead and got the second goal after that, which was kind of against the run of play at that point in the game. But um, yeah, I was surprised and I don't know if that's fitness related, I don't know what the thought process was. It doesn't look like Klopp said anything about Fab being injured or anything like that. But yeah, it must have just been a an idea. And to be fair, it, it helped us get a bit more of a foothold in the game, but I'm not sure if that was um, the, to do with the substitution or Fulham's approach to the game at that point. 
No, I think that's fair. I mean, one thing you have to commend uh, Milner on is his never die attitude, and he th- certainly was throwing himself around. And Sri, I'm going to come to you. Talk to me about that sub, and also. Milner just coming on because you kind of touched on it before in the pod that you know Milner had a good game I do have to agree with you because you know this is what you know again you get a slap on the wrist don't you because you see that name you think oh my god why are you bringing him on look at them running into the ground and you're bringing on a 36 year old really Klopp really is a 36 year old your response and it's nice to be proven wrong because I actually did think he was he actually did bring some some element of control into the midfield. I don't know who's throwing himself around. So your thoughts on that, Sub? Yeah, I think obviously Milner coming on was okay. Obviously, I didn't expect that Fabinho would be withdrawn. But to be honest, just looking individually on today's performance, we actually would have needed, say, eight subs. But we could only use four or five of them. So it didn't matter to me. But yeah, would I, did I expect Fabinho to go off? No. So I don't know whether it's a injury concern or not but yeah I, I actually showed intent in the game and I think uh, today that itself was a bonus because there was literally no intent towards the game there was there were no attempts on goal there was no build-up play there was nothing he was at least we, we were poor in ground duels we were poor in aerial duels we, we were just flat everywhere and and to see some sort of a reaction itself was positive so on a normal high-performing game, Milner is, you would say, it's an average expected performance from Milner. But he actually looked good, which is an indictment of how bad others were. A point, fair point. I'm glad you said that. It's so true. He looked, he looked, he looked like a Rolls Royce player because everyone else was so, so bad. I mean, we were talking about impact, and uh, that was that's when we started playing really well, Tom, in my opinion. And literally, the goal came within a few minutes later, 63 minutes. Talk to me about that goal because I, I thought it was a well-worked goal. I mean, you know, Salah's cross to Nunes for, you know, just that lovely finish. But we can't discount um, Elliot's involvement in that goal. You know, like you, you touched on that whole right-hand um, side where Elliot plays and he seems to have a really good connection, chemistry with the likes of Trent Alexander-Arnold and, um, and Mo Salah. So talk to me about the attack from the right-hand side because it was wonderful. I love Salah's assist to Nunes. And just having that fox in the box. Yeah, yeah, I think um, it's something to get really excited about. I think we saw it a bit last week. Well, we saw it a couple of times last week. And we saw it a few times today with that link-up between Salah and Nunes. And I think, yes, the um, Elliot involvement was great. I think he's someone who's just really reliable on the ball in regards to when he's got limited space and limited options. And, you know, sometimes those passing lanes aren't always open. He'll find a way to squeeze it through. and you saw that a few times today, but getting that ball, because we, I think we saw almost like a replica of that moment before where Nunes tried the, the back, the, the flick, and um, was maybe, probably could have gone with it, just normal first time, little right foot flip over the keeper or something, but he went with the flick. And, um, and then we just repeated it again, and which, to be fair, one thing that I did like with what we did today was we saw that opportunity down the, their left-hand side, our right-hand side, where that space was there and once it was working we didn't try and change things up we just kept on repeating that process and repeating that pattern of play where we were getting moving on the right hand side and it was working and working and working and we got the reward for that with that goal and yeah like you say with the the fox and the box I think we got shades of that like over the last year or two with Jota but Nunes is a different beast we're finding and ghosting into areas in the box I think um 
we're going to see a lot of that and it's really exciting i think it was before before we got shades of that we 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 missed that for a while where we didn't have that natural mm-hmm. yeah. natural striker finding those pockets in the box and just that half a yard where he's going to get a toe to the ball and score um I love that, and I absolutely, I'm I'm so excited to see how that goes for the rest of the season. I think it adds a completely new element uh, and to our Arsenal going through the season and to our attacking threat that obviously everyone knows. And I think sometimes we have games where teams can set up and they know they know what we're going to bring because we've been doing it for year in like doing it year in year out. Having that extra new tool to go forward with, I think, is going to be quite a scary prospect for for everyone else in the league. I think that's fair and watch this space. Yep, I absolutely love um, Nunes' involvement in this game. I also think, like, Shri, Emma, I want you to talk to me about the goal. What impressed you about it? I I think we have seen at least last year or two where even the fullbacks get into great positions and we get the ball into the box and we we have no one there. And I think his movement for the player of his age, his movement is extraordinary. And I said, something seems to happen when he's there, whether he's involved or not. Uh, you could see you could see the, the Fulham defenders were really nervous when he was in the box. Literally, a lot of scenarios, he was not even involved, but something kept happening. That's why it's almost organized chaos, as I said before. Something seems to happen when he's there. He's, his involvement in the two games has been excellent. Two cameos, but he's practically turned games. He's been involved in everything which Liverpool have clicked through. Even the first goal, like uh, as Tom just said, he tried the move just a minute or so before it didn't come in. But again, the same movement from out to into the near post and a slight deflection which actually helped his uh, flick on. It came off the defender slightly and it almost like it was volleyed onto his and great great finish I think I think it's imperative he starts whether even if he doesn't contribute he he creates this nervousness in the box which I think we can exploit and you know what it's uh, Shri I'm gonna stick with you because after that goal I felt like Liverpool that was where Liverpool had all the intensity again and it felt like yep the second goal's coming the second goal's coming um you know uh there was corners, there was crosses. Um, you know, I felt like that was maybe the little stage where Fulham did look a little bamboozled. But my word, um, we got served some real bad luck. Um, Virgil Van Dijk, you know, obviously, um, getting involved with Mitrovic there, soft, soft penalty, but it was a penalty. Um, what were what were your thoughts on on the decision of it? Because it was like just the faintest of, you know. If you want to say, um, you know, the faintest of, you know, there was some kind of contact, um, where, where do you stand on that? Yeah, so two things. So the period before the goal, obviously, Nunes came and just, we started dominating. We just kept cutting, crossing the ball. It was like, it was like a posh version of watching Burnley in red, if you could say so. And it's it's so unusual to watch Liverpool play like that, but it worked. And there's no harm keeping, but keep harm. And we look, we obviously look like the team who would score next. Obviously, penalty, what do you say? It's one of those decisions where if ref had not given, it was not going to get overturned. The ref has given, it's not going to get overturned. I don't know. This clear and obvious is absolute bullshit according to me. But considering the implementation of how clear and obvious has been, it's, it was not going to get overturned. There was enough in it to, to hold the decision, I would say. So really, really soft penalty. But also to consider the also to consider the fact that we had the Hendo fall, which I think was a bigger fall than this. 
so that's the only thing i would say or in the build up to their opening goal that was i would say slightly even bigger fall than this was but uh, that wasn't given so that's the only thing i would complain about i wouldn't complain about the penalty because it's what clear and obvious is all about yeah and if that was one of our players i'd be screaming for that that's why like i didn't really kick up much of a fuss um Tom, I'll come to you. I mean, what did you make of the penalty uh, decision? And just, you know, it was just sod's law, really, to concede at, concede a penalty at that moment when we it looked like it was us that were going to get ahead. It was. It was, at, it was the worst timing and it was completely against the running play at that, at that point in the game. And, um, I mean, it's not often you see that happen to Virgil van Dijk, but <laughs> hopefully that's like he's one of the season and it's out of the way early. Um, it's also worth noting Matip was pretty bad in that whole yeah. situation as well. We we didn't really address that, but he's, yeah. Yeah, maybe just got caught up in the run of play where maybe just thought it was just going to be us barreling attack after attack after attack. Um, but yeah, I, I, I can't complain about the penalty. It was soft, but it was, it was a penalty nonetheless. Um and probably it was just too much of it. I mean, timing-wise, was a bit of a kick in the teeth, and I thought that that might have... Well, I, I say that. You could, you could never write us off, and we're not the type to to ever drop our heads, regardless of whether the penalty was in the 88th minute or in the 75th minute. It, I think... Um, but yeah, at that point it, that in the game, I think it was a real kick in the teeth, and credit to us to carry on and get the second goal, but it was at a point in the game where we looked like we could have gone and got the winner, and yeah, going on and getting the third wasn't to be. And to be honest, I don't think we probably, I don't think we really deserve to go on and get a third. We were, I think, like Klopp said, when it, was, it says it all, when he says that the, the best part about that that performance was the fact that we got the result and got a result in the end. We did indeed, and you've kind of touched on something there because obviously after that, Diaz goes off, uh, Cavalio comes on, uh, and then on the 80th minute, um, I still kind of was like, well, okay, we've conceded. We've still got pretty much, you know, we've got some decent time. I think there's about 19 minutes left. You know, it only takes the Reds a second, but today was one of those days where they, you know, they could have had a lifetime and it looked quite hard for them. But uh, I'm going to come to you, uh, Sheree Salah. The start of Salah um, has scored in all consecutive six opening, you know, he's scored, Salah is the player to score in six consecutive opening day fixtures. I mean, that is some phenomenal stat. He Not only does he get an assist, he gets a goal and Nunes returns the favour. Um, talk to me about that goal because for me, it was just like, thank God, you know, that like backing on it, you know, but it was just annoying that we were kind of chasing the game. We kept coming back from behind. That was the only frustrating thing. But um, your, give me your thoughts on, uh, you know, just uh, getting that goal again. I think obviously big goal. I don't know whether Nunes intended to actually pass it to him, and we were no, also like, yeah, and also we were lucky that it came off their defender's head, which meant obviously Nunes wasn't going to be offside at all. So I think everything again, we we needed the luck because the performance didn't deserve a point. They actually deserved. You could say considering the performance, we need we deserved minus two, and they deserved like five points or something. So I think this is a three-point bonus considering that, that we actually got a point. We we didn't deserve anything in the game. So, absolute bonus and we literally needed so much things to go in our favour to get a point. I don't know what to say. The only thing certain in, I was certain about this game was pre-kickoff, irrespective of the performance, was Salah scoring. And the only other thing which I have to say, Nina, I'm sure quite a few of you have observed, but... The certain thing that whenever Liverpool kicks off in the game, they pass it to Matip and Matip passes it to the left wing always. 
it's all me it's always this the same sequence we seem to do I, i i don't get it it's almost like machine that programmed into us if you watch any kick off he give it to the center back and hit it to the left wing where we'll lose the ball so these are the only two things i was certain about this game I love that. I'm going to keep an eye on that now, Shri. That's it. Uh, thank you for highlighting that to us. And uh, Tom, I'll come to you because uh, the equaliser came, Marcel scored. I mean, he's so phenomenal, so exceptional. Um, I love the fact that they were both in the box as well, you know. Um, and I don't think, you know, I think Shri's right and I think I was right. I don't think uh, Nunes meant for that to happen, but it did happen. And, you know, great to see Salah you know pouncing on on the opportunity to um uh, you know create his own little personal records yeah it's not an opening day without a Mo Salah goal and um no. and I was getting more and more nervous because I, I I really wanted him to get that goal and I you almost come to expect it at this point and as the game was going on you're thinking surely he's going to get one chance he's going to get his one chance and uh Yeah, it came. I think um yeah, I think Darwin to be honest Darwin's touch would have needed to be immaculate for him to have an opportunity for himself there. So I think as long as anything other than a wild touch would have either given himself or the that would have given Mo an opportunity which which thankfully it did. And um yeah, I mean after that with 10 minutes to go you kind of think there's there's definitely enough time there but we we just didn't have enough today and they had enough um enough fight in them to to hold out and you've got to give it to to players like Mitrovic who even was tracking back to to the left back position late on and was was it was everywhere just fighting for every little scrap he can he could get which is the kind of player he is and yeah credit to them but yeah it's for most the record this last season kind of finishing the way it did i expected a a big a big big season for him so good for him to get a good start Absolutely, absolutely. Right guys, I think we've pretty much discussed the majority of the game there. Um uh, I <laughs> I feel slightly better speaking to you guys, but I'm still of over of as as an overriding emotion, I'm still pretty much disgusted, but it is what it is. But are there any takeaways from the game that you feel that like needs mentioning? Shri, I come to you anything that you feel that like needs highlighting from the game because I call this the closure pod. Yeah. The good thing is it it was only 90 minutes, I would say. I don't have anything to take away. It's quite clear what we need to do. Nunes needs to start. With Thiago's injury, I think Elliot needs to start. Don't know about Fabinho, but I don't think Fabinho and Hendo can play together. Uh, at least uh, especially now you it's an open secret that everybody is going to attack Hendo and close the spaces down. So I don't think they both can play together. I think those are the take away. But the biggest relief is it's out of the way. but the only worrying thing is considering that we lost the league twice by one point every point becomes crucial and then we have dropped it on day one yeah that that's that's the um you know the, the bitter part of it all because we know the fine margins of this league and you know me and everyone drumming on saying we need a positive start we need a positive start we need to hit the ground running we need to come out swinging and obviously yeah, I'm drawing on on the opening on the opening game is not ideal by the reds but it is what it is um oh i have a question but first i come to um i will come to tom tom any takeaways and then i've got a question by um a contributor Um yeah I mean I think there's this there's familiar worries but at the same time 
there's a, there's some positives to take the the Salah and Nunes link up. I think is something to be really excited about. I think we're going to see potentially two players there that are going to be competing for for golden boots and scoring a lot of goals and setting up each other for a lot of goals. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's not really a great positive takeaway from it. They you know can't really get much worse from that going from that going forward. I think um, we'll. We'll do what we always do when we do drop points. We'll learn from it, move forward with maybe a bit between our teeth and approach the next game with just that little bit of um, extra intensity where, you know, we've um, we've seen what happens when... Because, you know, was it Palace next? I think we'll, 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 see, we'll know that they're going to be a tough task and um, definitely a more talented squad than Fulham have got at this point. So it could be difficult. So we need to go out there fit and firing and, yeah, hopefully we can take away some of the positives and leave some of the negatives with today. But um, yeah, I mean, there's there's a couple of positives to take. I think we just need to move on. And also, City have got a very difficult game tomorrow against a very good West Ham team who have made some really good signings this summer. Um, so yeah, who knows? We might we might be one point clear of them. We might be level one points with them. But um, yeah, so it's, day, it's day one. Let's, let's move past it and uh, hopefully just get the... Uh, the bad stuff out of the way early. Yeah, um, I have a question here from Nigel in Discord, and he wants to know: um, uh, Will we move for a midfielder now that we're four down in that area? Of course, Klopp alluded to this thing; like um, uh, he pretty much said he wasn't. Uh, Shri, what what do you think? I mean, do you think it's an area? I mean, we all know that it's an area that needs to be addressed, and maybe I think we're all screaming for another, you know, just another person in that midfield. So, Shri, I'll come to you first. I mean, we know we'd like one, but do you see the do you see Klopp and the club going for one? I was going to say the same. It's like what we discussed in the beginning in terms of the lineup. We know what all of us would want, but we also need to think like what Klopp would do. So the answer is apparent. Uh, it, see, again, it depends upon. I, I have not heard anything about Fabinho. I don't know what grade of hamstring injury we are talking about, Thiago. So it depends on the duration out as well. If ideally, I think, irrespective of anything, we need to get one at least for someone who can play as the number eight, who can control the ball better in close spaces. Obviously, I would like that. But do we? Do I think I would do it? It depends on how long Thiago and if Fabinho is injured at all. But if it's really short term we are looking at, I don't see anything happening. I think that's probably a fair pragmatic um, uh, answer to the question. And what about you, Tom? Anything different? I'm, I'm assuming you would like, but what you want and what you get are two very different things. Yes, they are. Um, <laughs> I, 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 do th- I, I do think we're going to at least make the move for someone. I can't help but think, even regardless of whether you know Thiago misses one game or ten games, I think it may be enough of a scare that very quickly the dominoes could fall and we could find ourselves in a very tricky situation. And look, if we if we've identified people out there, which we know our recruitment team do, we've probably got a database and a full list of people that our options if we are up, identify someone and there's an opportunity to make a move on them i'm sure that we we will it's just i i think it would probably be dependent on whether on the availability of the people that we want coming in and uh taking up a space in that midfield but i'm optimistic that um you know i i always trust the the main man in charge so 
whatever he sees fit, I'm sure he has his reasons and, you know, can't complain too much if we uh, finish the window with the same midfield group that we that we currently have. But, we, you know, we, we know that we're, they're working on things and there's always uh, opportunities to be seized on, so we'll see. Watch this space. Um, I like the fact that you're giving me some kind of optimism there, Tom. So I, I appreciate that. I'll take, I'll hold on to any kind. Uh, guys, before we go, man of the match. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't care how bad we are. We're going to have to try doing this. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's a target I've set for myself. So, Shri, I'm going to come to you. I mean, who was your man of the match? You really want one? It's going to have to. <laughs> Like, normally I would say in these kinds of scenarios, I would say the final whistle. But if you want a player, actually, I would say uh, Darwin Nunes. That's fair. Uh, and I can understand why for his impact. I have opted for actually Mo Salah because uh, for the fact that he played the full night and he grew into the game. But yeah, Darwin Nunes is, is a great shout. Uh, what about you, Tom? You have to give a man of the match. <laughs> Um, you've both picked one of the two that I was deciding between, but I'm going to go with Darwin Nunes just because of the impact that he made on the game. And uh, yeah, hopefully much more of it to come. Absolutely, absolutely right, guys. I mean, if you dared, let us know your man of the match. We'd be interested to hear. I mean, it comes to something when you're like, hmm, you usually I'm like spoiled by choice, but not this time, not this not this game. Right, guys, we have come to the end of the Nina Kaza show. A massive thank you to both Tom and Shri, who have been absolutely excellent. The same cannot be said about the Reds. A massive thank you to Kevin, who was exceptional. So thank you so much. Thank you for that question. And thank you to everyone on Discord that, Discord that joined us, who were interactive. Really, really appreciate that. Keep it coming all season. We love to hear from you. It means so much that you chat along with us and keep this show, you know, going and there's some kind of nice flow to it. But before I let Shri and Tom go, I need some plugs. Um, Shri, um, anything you'd like to plug? Where can people find you on social media? So you can find me on Bala on Twitter. I rarely tweet, but sometimes I do tweet. So, yeah, you can find me there. Follow him, guys. He's excellent. He's excellent. And hopefully he'll be on more podcasts and we'd love to hear from him. Uh, thank you so much, Sri. And Tom, you know, um, fabulous, fabulous debut. Um, almost as good as Nunez. Uh, just <laughs> going to put that out there. Uh, really made a massive impact. We really, really appreciate having you on. But Tom, before I let you go, uh, where can people find you on social media? Is there anything you'd like to plug? Thank you. Um, no, just on Twitter, I'm uh, at Tom on the cop, And that's all. Give him a follow, people, and you'll be hearing from him a lot more on the Nina Kaza show. I'm going to show your support to um, our new recruit. I've, I've loved working with him. I've loved working with Shri as well. Guys, thank you so much for listening. I know, I know it wasn't the result that we wanted, but it is what it is. Um, as Klopp said, uh, you know, quite fortunate, actually, to get a point because he's been happy played. I guess he just got a... Brush this one under the carpet and move on to the to the next one, uh, which is Palace. Um, till next time, guys. Take care. Thank you so much for listening. Um, enjoy the rest of your weekend. And till next time, up the Reds. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. 
Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.